When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Well, hello there, listeners, and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian, and you're listening to episode 345 of Sustainable Minimalists, a twice weekly show about intentional and eco-minimalist living. On today's show, I am answering a listener's question about places in which plastic might be hidden that we wouldn't normally think of. So hidden sources of microplastics and alternative replacements to avoid them. Let's start off by getting on the same page. What on earth is a microplastic? Well, a microplastic is a plastic particle that measures less than five millimeters in size. There are also nanoplastics, which are even smaller than microplastics. There are two basic kinds of microplastics. There are primary microplastics and secondary microplastics. The primary ones, primary microplastics, are intentionally manufactured to be small. There are the microbeads in personal care products. We'll get to them later. They're the pellets used in plastic manufacturing. So primary microplastics are made small on purpose. And then there are the secondary microplastics, which are the result, the consequence of plastics durability. So Plastic is quite durable. That's why it has, that's one of the reasons why it has risen to prominence. But the durability is really also a double edged sword because as these durable plastics get broken down by oceans and sunlight and waves, they break down into fragments. They get smaller and smaller, but they never truly disappear. Presumably, microplastics will remain on this earth for centuries and centuries, 800-ish years on average. Now, another quick reminder, these microplastics, these microscopic pieces of plastic have been found in water, in air, in marine animals, in our foods, in humans, in humans' blood, on the top of Mount Everest, in our rain, you name it, plastic has been found there. You might be wondering why. Why are companies and corporations still using so much plastic despite the abundance of research into the negative environmental issues associated with such microplastic pollution? That's to say nothing about the potentially hazardous health benefits to humans, which really is a emerging area of study that we don't have any answers to. Are these microplastics in our guts, in our blood, are they concerning? Are they harming us? We just don't know yet. 
So you might be wondering, why are these corporations still using so much plastic? Not only in the products themselves, but also in the packaging. A real interesting article, I read it in Forbes, uh, stated that 88%, so a whopping 88% of US and UK consumers want brands to help them be more environmentally friendly in their daily lives. Consumers are increasingly preferring sustainable brands. The majority of shoppers are willing to pay extra for recycled products or products with recycled materials. That means that brands continue to push plastic on us consumers at the risk of alienating the vast majority of consumers. So why are they doing this? Why are they still using plastic despite the fact that the people who are buying their products don't want the plastic? Well, you got it. It all comes down to money, my friends, doesn't it? At the end of the day, it all comes down to money. Plastic, and especially plastic packaging, is cheaper. So now we're getting into some hidden sources of microplastics. I have a bunch of them today. I do not think that I am going to surprise you with every single one of the hidden places we're discussing today. I'm sure you're going to say, oh, I knew that for a bunch of them. And that's great. But I deliberately um, included some not so fun facts for each one. And so I'm willing to bet you're going to learn something with every single hidden plastic source that we discussed today. And we're going to kick it off today with tires. So the tires on your car, the tires on your bike, tires, right? Tires consist of about 19% natural rubber and 24% synthetic rubber. Synthetic rubber is a plastic polymer, by the way. The rest of the tire is made up of metal and other compounds. And so let's talk about natural rubber for a minute. Natural rubber is an essential raw material. It's used in a lot of medical devices and surgical gloves, pacifiers, toys, etc. How is it made? Natural rubber is obtained from latex, and latex is a milky liquid that's present in the cells of rubber-producing plants. So there's natural rubber coming from latex-producing plants, and then there's synthetic rubber that's made from fossil fuels. When we drive or when we ride our bike down the road, the friction and the pressure and the heat from driving causes tiny parts of our tires to wear off over time. If our tires are indeed 24% synthetic rubber, you've guessed it, these plastic polymers, these microplastics are shedding from our tire and entering our ecosystems. A 2017 study estimated that tires account for as much as 10% of overall microplastic waste in the world's oceans. Here in the United States alone, it's estimated that tires produce 1.8 million tons of microplastics each year. So I really want to offer alternatives to the plastic item that we're discussing today. And for the other products we're talking about today, I do, and most of them offer an alternative. However, for tires, there really isn't an alternative. The best solution when it comes to the microplastic problem as it relates to tires is to drive less. 
drive less. I mean, it's the solution to our carbon emissions problems. It's the solution to our microplastic shedding off our tires problem. I should say too, though, that some companies, Goodyear is one of them, are also planning later this year to release tires that are made out of 70% renewable materials. Renewable materials being like soybean oil or rice husks or pine resin. So again, look out for that later in 2023. All right, we're moving on to our next source of hidden plastics and we're going to tea bags. You like tea? You drink tea every day? Well, almost all tea bags are lined with plastic, polypropylene to be exact. And that's because the polypropylene helps keep the bag shape when it's placed in boiling water. When the bags are heated, they can release microplastics into your tea, however, and so you are quite literally drinking little pieces of plastic. Now, the good news is there are some solutions to this problem. If drinking plastics grosses you out, like it grosses me out, you can buy loose tea, put it in a uh, stainless steel tea ball and steep your tea that way, right? You can invest in a plastic-free brand. Puka is one. Republic of Tea is another. They are completely plastic-free. Puka tea bags are 99% paper and are held together with a natural resin, and then they're sewn together with organic cotton. Talk about going the extra mile. <laughs> and then Republic of Tea's bags are made from unbleached paper that are also sewn together. In the past on the show, I have recommended Numi Tea. Numi Tea is one of those brands that you can find at most supermarkets in the tea aisle. Their teas are 100% organic, which is neither here nor there. But they also use biodegradable filter paper instead of traditional nylon, nylon being a plastic. I should say here, too, that when you're shopping in the tea aisle, conscious consumerism tip number one for tea is to be wary of brands that claim to be plastic-free. So they might say, plastic-free, da-da-da-da-da, no plastic to see here. If they're using PLA, which is polylactic acid, that's a known bioplastic. It's made from cornstarch or tapioca roots or sugarcane. It's very well known in the 3D printing realm. However, if your tea bag is made with PLA, polylactic acid, I suggest you go to one of the other brands I just mentioned. PLA is considered biodegradable. However, it can still take hundreds of years to degrade in an environment like a composter or the landfill. So because there are better options on the market, I feel confident in recommending to you to stay away from the PLA brands for now until more research comes out. So that's tea. We're moving on to a hidden source of plastic that's a surprise to no one. And that, of course, is toothbrushes. Toothbrushes used to be made of natural materials, all natural materials. But since the early 1900s, manufacturers started making toothbrushes out of nylon and other plastic materials. Of course, when the bristles break off and wash down the drain or when you take that plastic toothbrush and you toss it in the trash can, they can eventually enter the oceans as microplastics. And here's a scary statistic. If everyone in the world replaced their plastic toothbrushes every three to four months, as the American Dental Association tends to recommend, 
about 23 billion toothbrushes would get thrown away every single year. Now, there are alternatives to really plasticky toothbrushes. Some companies, of course, they have the bamboo toothbrushes with the nylon bristles. So there's still some plastic there. Um, But again, the handle is bamboo. It's compostable. So I've recommended in the past, get yourself a bamboo toothbrush and snap or cut off the bristly head when you're done. Compost the handle and throw away the bristles. You could invest in a bamboo toothbrushes with boar bristles. There's one company, it's called Gaia Guy, G-A-I-A Guy, right? They, again, bamboo toothbrush made of boar bristles, boar hair, like the animal, a boar. Now, I should say here too, these are not without controversy. Most toothbrushes with boar bristles, they come from boar farms in China, and there's not much credible information as to how these bristles are harvested, Some sites say that the boars are killed for their meat and then the bristles are used as a byproduct. Other sources claim that the boars are shaved, like a sheep would be shaved. So something to keep in mind there. And that's only if the thought of brushing your teeth with boar hair doesn't gross you out. But I should say here too, there are other companies that make bamboo toothbrushes with removable heads. So again, they're still using the plastic or the nylon bristles, but less overall material is wasted. So if you don't want to snap the head off your toothbrush yourself, look into a company like Ete. I believe that's how you're pronounced. It might be Ete, E-T-E-E. I'm not quite sure, but I'll link to it in the show notes. The, The head is removable and replaceable. So something to keep in mind. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to go to dish sponge. Hello, Sustainable Minimalist listeners. Are you committed to living a greener and simpler life? Well, meet Home Threads, your ally in more sustainable and minimalist home decor. As the total destination for decor and furniture, Home Threads helps you define your minimalist lifestyle while respecting the planet. Discover their exclusive Haven collection. They use many sustainable materials without compromising on style. And here's the best part. Home Threads always has the best value. It was time. After nine years of living in our home, it was time to replace our outdoor furniture. And my husband and I, we went to Home Threads. We have a Home Threads patio umbrella and a new bench. And oh my goodness, we are so in love. Create a home that reflects your commitment to the environment. Visit homethreads.com slash sustainable and get a code for 15% off your first order. Homethreads.com slash sustainable. Love where you live. So many of us have chaotic closets that are crammed full of clothing items and yet somehow we still have nothing to wear. Well, upgrading to high quality and affordable pieces from Quince when you need them is a game changer. They offer organic cotton sweaters and washable silk tops. My 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters are my go-to. Not only are they affordable, but the quality is top-notch, 
They wear better than the cashmere sweaters that are double their price. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash sustainable podcast for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash sustainable podcast to get free shipping and 365 day returns. One more time, quince.com slash sustainable podcast. I'll see you in a minute. And we're back. On today's show, we are discussing hidden sources of plastic. Before the break, we discussed tires, tea bags, and toothbrushes. And now we are on to dish sponges. We all know what a dish sponge is, right? It's gross. We keep it around for a while and then it gets too gross and we throw it out. Traditional dish sponges are made from PVC aka polyvinyl chloride. The softer layer is usually composed of polyurethane or another foamed polymer. And the scratchy, dark green scouring pad side of a dish sponge is usually made of the harder polyethylene mesh. Small pieces of traditional sponges, if you've ever used a sponge, you know this to be true, small pieces often break off and then are washed down the drain, go into our waterways. The good news again here too, though, is there are plenty of plastic-free alternatives to sponges. There are Swedish dishcloths, which are absolutely amazing. If you've never used one, I would highly suggest you consider it. Make sure you're using one that doesn't have any plastic in there, though. If you go to Amazon and you type in Swedish dishcloth, you're going to come up with a lot of brands that are really, they look eco-friendly, they look plastic-free, but then you read the frequently asked questions and yeah, they're made of plastic. So we don't want those. We want traditional Swedish dishcloths. They last for hundreds and hundreds of uses. When they get dirty, you just shove them in the washing machine and they come out looking like new. I use Swedish dishcloths for lots more than just washing the dishes. I use them when I'm, you know, cleaning glass in my home. Like we have a glass table when I wipe that down. Swedish dishcloth when I'm wiping down the counter. Swedish dishcloth, et cetera, et cetera. So that's an option. Many brands out there. If you need a brand suggestion, let me know. I'll give you one. There are then also the dish brushes with, so the handle is usually made of wood and then the bristles are made from plant fibers. There are loofahs. And if you ever were wondering what a loofah is, It's a dried out tropical gourd. Yes, gourd. (laughs) Just make sure your loofah is not made from a synthetic material like a plastic. Those also do indeed exist. There are copper scouring pads. There are traditional, you know, rags. Why not just use a rag? And then for the gross stuff that you need to get off your dishes, why not use a piece of old aluminum foil? That's what I use for my scouring pad. So again, dish sponges made of plastic, and there are plenty of alternatives. Moving right along to cigarette butts. Cigarette butts. Yes, I'm saying cigarette butts, but the correct term would likely be cigarette filter. (laughs) They are made from a plastic called cellulose acetate. When those butts, when those filters are flicked or tossed, the plastic and the nicotine and the other chemicals that are within them are released into the environment. And yes, the filters do eventually break down into microplastics. There is an organization called Clean Ocean Action. They are responsible for 
beach cleanups, essentially. And I read an interview in which the executive director mentioned that cigarette butts are always at the top or near the top of their organization's items that they find at beach cleanup. So lots of cigarette butts. In the late 1950s, after the Surgeon General declared a causal link between smoking and lung cancer, cigarette manufacturers scrambled to make their products safer so that they wouldn't lose all their customers, right? They tried to make filters out of a bunch of different materials, cotton, charcoal, food starch, but they, of course, settled on cellulose acetate for its durability. So yeah, it's durable It's durable, and it lasts longer, but if we're flicking our cigarette butts into our natural environment, the durability, again, is that double-edged sword. I think it's really interesting here as a non-smoker to consider the fact that cigarette manufacturers tried to make their products safer by incorporating a cellulose acetate filter. However, that filter did nothing to make cigarettes healthier. We know that as per the pervasive links between smoking and lung cancer, as well as a host of other um, health issues as well. So you could make the argument perhaps that e-cigarettes, you know, are better for the environment, perhaps. However, e-cigarettes are made from all hard plastic, which is doing nothing for the plastic problem. I would argue, again, as a non-smoker, it's quite easy for me to say this from my soapbox, but perhaps the best way is to stop smoking, quit smoking altogether instead of switching from a conventional cigarette to an e-cigarette. All right, we're moving on to wet wipes. So baby wipes, hand wipes, makeup removing wipes, all of the wipes. What is a wipe? It is a single-use disposable item made from polyester, polyethylene, and polypropylene. Usually these wipes take these synthetic fibers and mix them together right? There might be some natural fiber in them, but usually not. This problem is confounded by the fact that people frequently flush wipes down the toilet, even though they're not supposed to. (laughs) This causes clogs on top of introducing even more plastic into the wastewater stream. Wet wipes make up more than 90% of the material causing sewer blockages. I find wet wipes to be really interesting. I mean, I used wet wipes with my first daughter when she was in diapers. I didn't really know any better, and they definitely were convenient. But wet wipes are really overtaking areas of our lives beyond baby diapering concerns. You know, I go to somebody's house and they have single-use disposable hand towels. They're not wet wipes per se, but it's the same problem. These hand towels are made with similar compositions to the wet wipes. Um, Wet wipes to take off our makeup. And these products are gaining in popularity, I'm assuming, number one, because they're convenient, and number two, because, you know, germs. Like, if you have somebody over, you don't want them touching your hand towel, perhaps. Maybe you feel safer and you'll be exposed to fewer germs if if they wash their hands and then wipe their hands on a disposable towel, perhaps. That doesn't make sense to me personally, but that might be the argument. Um, I should say too here, you know, first of all, are our lives that hard that we can't, when we're washing our face, use a 
good old fashioned washcloth? <laughs> like, are our lives that hard that we can't take 30 seconds to get a face cloth wet? <laughs> I mean, I just, it boggles my mind. And then number two, let's not forget that in these wet wipes, there are also very often potentially harmful chemicals in these wipes to make them clean. So buyer beware on that end as well. So again, let's go back to the washcloth instead of the disposable wipe. Let's support compostable baby wipes. I know there's Cheeky Panda, there's Whatnot. There are, those are two brands. So just some food for thought there. Are we really that pressed for time? Are our lives truly that hard that we need to purchase single-use disposable wipes made of plastic when there are amazing things called washcloths? And in the case of babies, I hear you with the babies, but there are compostable ones on the market. There are compostable ones. If price is not the number one major factor for you, consider looking for alternatives, for better alternatives. Okay, we can't talk about wipes without talking about disposable diapers. We're moving on to diapers. Disposable diapers are mostly made of non-recyclable polyethylene plastic. In the U.S. and Europe, plastic diapers are one of the largest categories of non-biodegradable items in landfills. Since babies go through between, are you ready for this, 5,000 and 6,000 diapers before becoming potty trained. In countries like Indonesia, with limited waste removal systems, many people throw disposable diapers into rivers or canals, which introduce not just the plastic waste, but the bacteria into waterways. And in areas where waste dumps are not lined with non-permeable materials, like this is the case in much of Africa, by the way, the human waste and chemicals contained in these disposable diapers leach into underground water and therefore into the environment. So what are your options here? Research is mixed on whether cloth or disposable diapers have more of an environmental impact. However, a life cycle analysis from the Environment Agency in the UK compared the manufacturing disposal and energy costs of both diaper types, cloth and disposable, and did find that the environmental impacts of using cloth diapers can be higher or lower than using disposables, depending on how you launder them. Like, so if you're taking your diapers and you're shipping them somewhere every couple days for somebody else to wash them, that's going to negate the environmental benefits of using them, okay? Cloth diapers, and especially the type with pockets and inserts, where only a small piece of cloth needs to be laundered each time, that can be, again, can be, but not necessarily much more environmentally friendly than disposable diapers. Using cloth diapers for a first child and then saving them for the second child and line drying them and washing them in fuller loads of laundry can make cloth diapers have 40% less total carbon emissions than disposable diapers. There's a ton of services out there and suggestions and thoughts if you're interested in cloth diapering. I've covered this topic many times on the show. I should say that a listener did write to me and suggest that I speak with somebody about elimination communication, which is essentially following your baby's cues and potty training them earlier so they use fewer diapers. That's also an option for those of you with babies in diapers. All right, we've got two more. We're moving on to glitter. Glitter, of course, it's little pieces of primary microplastics, right? Intentionally made small, 
Glitter is made up of a mixture of aluminum and plastic. They're made from sheets of polyvinyl chloride and polyethylene terephthalate, which is the same plastic found in water bottles, by the way. The plastic is metallized on both sides, and then some aluminum's put on both sides to give the glitter its bling. (laughs) In 2020, the BBC reported that glitter used in cosmetics and body paint may harm rivers and lakes. They also found that biodegradable MRC, which is modified regenerated cellulose glitter, was no better for the environment than traditional glitter. So if you see something that says it's eco-friendly glitter, be wary. Look deeper. If that eco-friendly glitter is made from modified regenerated cellulose. Just leave it on the shelf. So you love glitter, but you also love the planet. What are you to do? There are better alternatives. Try, especially in art projects, try to use salt and add small amounts of food coloring. See if that gives you the glittery bling that you're looking for. And finally, we're moving on to makeup. Yes, there is plastic in our makeup, not just in the packaging, but in the makeup itself. A 2018 report by the Plastic Soup Foundation, which, by the way, is a nonprofit group that campaigns against plastic pollution. The report found that 87% of products from the 10 best-selling cosmetic brands contain microplastics. They reviewed 7,704 cosmetic and personal care products. And again, found that 87% of them contained microplastics. Now, of course, there is a debate going on in the makeup world about what's defined as a microplastic versus a liquid plastic. A liquid plastic would be a poorly biodegradable polymer. And so estimates as to how many plastics or how many brands use plastic, they could be higher or lower depending on whether you consider a liquid plastic a plastic, whether you're including that in the definition. But the Plastic Soup Foundation did create a free smartphone app that we can all use. We can scan a product's barcode to see if it contains plastic. I'll link to it in the show notes if you want. The Guardian has also published a list of brands that have phased out the use of microplastics in their products. So I'll link to that incredible resource in this week's show as well. So just to recap, oh my goodness, we discussed today and and in no particular order, we discussed tea bags, tires, toothbrushes, cigarette butts, aka filters, wet wipes, diapers, dish sponges, glitter, and makeup. Listeners, I hope you learned something with this episode. I will see you on Tuesday. Reach out if you need me. Stay away from plastic and take care.